The 80s spawned some wonderful movies, especially comedies, giving way to stars like Molly Ringwald, John Cusack, and Emilio Estevez. You can probably think of a lot of comedic films that ooze nostalgia. Today's subject is a comedy film of the 80s and stars one of the most beloved comedians of all time. It's also a movie that would spawn an iconic film franchise just one year later. So if you're like me and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a glass of chocolate milk. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. the great John Candy. What movie do you think of? For most, they gravitate toward the Thanksgiving classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And rightfully so. Its reputation is unquestionable. Plus, how many other films can you name in which their plot revolves around Thanksgiving? It's one of the all-time classic comedies, and Candy was amazing as the annoying, yet well-meaning and warm-hearted Griffith. However, for me, I always think of today's subject simply because I love the main character played by Candy. It's a film that was written and directed by the same person, featuring an alienated family member, Uncle Buck. I always think of it when Candy's name is brought up simply because it is my personal favorite of all of his performances. Uncle Buck is a film about the Russell family who lives in Chicago. Having recently moved from Indianapolis, within the Russell home are mother Cindy, father Bob, teenage daughter Tia, and young children Miles and Maisie. After receiving a call regarding the health of Cindy's father, Bob and Cindy must travel back to Indianapolis. Without someone to watch their children, they reach out to Bob's estranged brother, Buck, for help. What follows is a hilarious and heartwarming tale of an uncle becoming closer to the family he hasn't known. We can tell just by Bob and Cindy's home and lifestyle that they have their lives together. They live in a very nice home in a well-to-do neighborhood and have a nice family unit. Buck, on the other hand, lives in a small apartment and doesn't have a steady job. He does, however, have a very nice girlfriend, Shanice, played by Amy Madigan. Shanice is in the midst of getting Buck to come work for her at the auto repair shop that she owns. Buck, who is resistant, tried to dodge this assignment, but does give in and agrees to come to work. That is, until his brother calls. He also has his vices, 
as he regularly bets on horses to try for a big payday. The relationship between Tia and her uncle, however, really drives the plot for most of the film as she rebels and sneaks out of the home with her boyfriend, Bug. Now, Bug may sound like Buck, but I do mean Bug as in the insect. The two, meaning Tia and Uncle Buck, butt heads regularly, as he wants to protect her from being hurt. A great example is when he finds her at a party at a park pavilion at night. He and her boyfriend, Bug, exchange words as he tells Tia she's coming home. Seen through him, knowing his true intentions, Buck scares Bug, the boyfriend, off and takes Tia home. In the movie, Buck explains that he used to be like Bug, so he knows exactly where his head is at. Not wanting his niece to fall into the trap, he continually protects her, even though she doesn't recognize his true meaning. She instead feels that he is just being difficult and trying to impress her parents. Yubi, as Miles, played by Macaulay Culkin, calls him, is a fantastic and well-rounded character, and John Candy is phenomenal in the role. He's got a heart of gold and cares a lot about those close to him, while also having a serious and no-nonsense side to him. We see these sides of him make themselves known throughout the film. I love his interactions with his young niece and nephew the most, however small and innocent the conversation is. A great example is a scene where Buck asks if they brush their teeth before going to bed, to which the two nod. Sensing mischief, he tells them that he has a friend down at the police lab who can test their toothbrush to see if they actually brushed their teeth or just rinsed it under the water. Their mouths drop, looking at each other as he walks away. His niece, Maisie, played by Gabby Hoffman, says, If that's true, we're really going to have to start brushing our teeth. There are a few moments like that where are so cute because of their innocence and playfulness. Another one of my favorite bits in this film is actually a gif, or gif if you prefer, I use all the time when a friend or family member has a birthday. We see Buck in the kitchen with a massive round beige disc in front of him on a metal sheet. Verbally preparing himself for something, he lifts up a wide metal shovel. He begins to try and lift the disc as he verbally coaxes it, and soon we see him flip it and celebrate his achievement. Miles and Maisie race down the steps in their pajamas and enter the kitchen. There, in front of them, surrounded by colorful hanging ribbons, is Buck, and next to him, on the kitchen island, is literally the largest stack of pancakes you've ever seen. Covered in maple syrup with a huge stick of butter on top, he yells, Happy birthday! He then exclaims, You should see the toast. I couldn't even fit it through the door. The camera pans back to see Macaulay Culkin's eyebrows raise with excitement in only the way he can. I'll send the gift of him next to the pancakes all the time. And as a man who loves breakfast and has a wicked sweet tooth, that would be amazing to wake up to. Talk about yummy leftovers. 
Other than small scenes, there are others I love, but I mean, I could talk about Uncle Buck nonstop if you let me. One that I truly adore is the first time he drops Tia, played by Jean Louisa Kelly, off at high school. Out in front are the cool kids sitting on the steps, talking before class. A lot of them wearing trench coats and hats that were in the fashion in the 80s. We see Buck's car pass by, white smoke pluming from the exhaust pipe. He turns into the drive and parks in front of the group of students. We hear a loud whistle build up slowly in volume, with Buck's hand raising, predicting its peak. Miles and Maisie in the back seat have their hands over their ears in anticipation for what's coming next. Then Buck's hand swings downward as a large backfire is heard, making everyone outside and in the car duck. Tia in the front seat is bent down, hiding from view, as Buck, who is smiling, asks, Tie in your shoe? Slowly raising up, the crowd disperses as she hurries to get her things together and leave the car. Asking when to pick her up, Tia says she'll get a ride, to which Buck says, No, I have my orders. What time? Tia, in disbelief, retorts, Are you deaf? I said I'll get a ride. Annoyed, Buck states, Stand me up today, and I'll drop you off tomorrow in my robe and pajamas and walk you to your first class. Three o'clock, okay? Tia then asks, Has anyone ever embarrassed you like this? Buck thinks, his eyes moving side to side, searching for the recesses of his mind for an answer, and then brilliantly answers, No. Then he smiles with this ultra grin, and I love that picture. It's a smile that stretches from ear to ear, and paired with his fur hat, it's hilarious. I love that scene so much. Tia plays the rebellious and prickly teenager with endless attitude, while Buck lays down the law in the only way he can. I love so much in that scene, but the smile is something I do in daily life. Whenever I do something goofy, sarcastic, or a little mischievous, I'll flash the Buck smile, as if to say, you're welcome. Another scene that is quite legendary is when Buck goes in for a talk with Maisie's principal. Waiting in the lobby, he sits in a chair with a small boy next to him. The boy has thick-rimmed glasses and is clearly nervous and afraid. Buck, being the caring and warm-hearted man he is, starts speaking to him. He says, why don't you let me go in there first? That way you can have some more time to relax before you go in. The boy shyly and quietly agrees as Buck goes up and enters the principal's office. Sitting down, the principal introduces herself as Anita Horgarth. She is an older woman, and she has a mole on the left side of her chin. She does not look to be in the mood for the smiling man sitting across from him, as she has a stern look on her face. Introducing himself, he stands up and shakes her hand leaning over the desk, proclaiming, Buck Melanoma, Molly Russell's ward. Taken aback and confused, she stares at him as he tries digging himself out of the hole that he's found himself in. Now, I won't quote the whole thing, but 
It is the same kind of cringe humor you'll find in the American version of The Office, and it leaves me in tears laughing oftentimes. It's also something that is in the Rolodex of quotes that my dad and I exchange regularly. Writing this, I can hear him saying, Buck melanoma, or not her wart, not her wart, and it makes me smile every time. At one point, she states that his niece, Maisie, is a dreamer, a silly heart, and a chabberbox, and that she doesn't take her school career seriously, to which Buck states, she's only six. This makes her erupt, stating that that's not a valid excuse. Buck, upset and defending his niece, begins a retort, stating, I don't think I want to know a six-year-old that isn't a dreamer or a silly heart. I sure don't want to know one that takes their student career seriously. I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a job. But I know a good kid when I see one. Because they're all good kids. Until dried out, brain-dead skags like you drag them down and convince them that they're no good. You so much as scowl at my niece, or any other kid in this school, and I hear about it, I'll come looking for you. Standing up, he takes a quarter out of his pocket and flips it onto the desk. Finishing his statement off, he says, Take this quarter, go downtown, and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. It's such a great take, that scene. I love when he tells her, in more words, that kids should be kids at six. The best part is when the camera cuts to the kid in the lobby as he slowly smiles, hearing what's going on behind the door. It's a story that's well-written and well-executed. I can't speak highly enough of this film. It's one of my favorite movies of the 80s, and one I come back to regularly and quote often. Uncle Buck was written and directed by John Hughes and released in 1989. John Hughes was arguably the most prolific American director of the 80s. Whether you recognize his name or not, you're guaranteed to recognize his films. He wrote and directed several classics that embody the 80s of America, including Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and The Breakfast Club. He also wrote several other classics of the 80s, including The Great Outdoors, Pretty in Pink, as well as writing credits for all three National Lampoon Vacation movies. Interestingly enough, John Candy appears in more of his films, either written or directed by John Hughes, than any other actor or actress. The first time Candy appeared in the credits of a Hughes film was when he played the Wally World security guard in National Lampoon's Vacation, 1983. By the end of their collaboration, Candy either appeared or starred in seven films, either written or directed by Hughes. Candy fit the role of Uncle Buck like a glove. His demeanor, acting style, and humor were perfect to the point where it feels impossible to think of someone else in that role. In my research, however, I found a list of actors that were approached to play the role, and some of them are rather crazy. Some include Tom Cruise and Danny DeVito. I can't imagine anyone else starring in this film. It's just too perfect. 
Uncle Buck was filmed and released in one calendar year. A lot of this was due to how scenes were actually shot. Now, even though the film takes place in and around the Russell home, all of the interiors were shot in one location. An empty high school. Interiors, like the home, were all shot in a gymnasium. Recreating interiors like the Russell home in one spot proved to speed up production with only one film location to worry about. The only other time they had to shoot on location was when they filmed exterior or outdoor shots. Also, if you recognize the high school in Uncle Buck, that's no coincidence. It's the same high school used in The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The film did tremendously well upon release, much of that due to its cast and director. Now, the last scene I'll talk about is a very small one, but one with tremendous influence. It happens when Buck's girlfriend, Shanice, comes to watch Miles and Maisie while Buck goes out looking for Tia. We see Miles sitting across the front door, sitting in a chair. When the doorbell rings, he raises the metal mail slot in the door to see who is there. But when it's raised, we see an empty street at night. When the bell rings again, he raises the slot one more time to see three men with furrowed brows staring back at him. Surprised and scared, he drops the metal piece to a clanking sound. Thinking it was just his imagination, Miles hesitates, but eventually does raise the slot again to see the smiling and friendly face of Shanice. The first time I saw this, I thought it was a very clever and funny sequence, all about the child's imagination. During my research of Uncle Buck, however, I learned that this scene inspired an entire franchise. It's one of those scenes where if you blink, you might miss it because it happens very fast. But after filming this scene, Hughes began writing another film. One that deals with a family traveling to France over Christmas break, but leaves their youngest back home in Chicago. Not even a year removed from filming Uncle Buck, John Candy, Macaulay Culkin, and John Hughes would reunite once again with Home Alone. It's amazing to look at that small scene and think that it inspired one of the most iconic franchises in film history. Sadly, we lost John Candy at the early age of 43. However, his films remind us of his character, his heart, and his humor. From all the interviews I've seen and read during my research, a few things are very clear. Those who knew him loved him and that the man you saw in film was the same man he was off film. A lovable, caring, fun-loving, thoughtful, and funny man who's missed by those who knew him and those, like me, who only know him for his roles. I found one bit of information that speaks volumes of just how beloved he was. When he passed, the city of Los Angeles coordinated the funeral party. His friend, Eugene Levy, asked a police officer nearby about why the highway was so empty, to which he explained that the city shut down a portion of the 405, 
a major highway running through Los Angeles for the motorcade. He then told Levy that the only other times that's happened before were for a pope and a president. John Candy radiates warmth in his roles, and you can really feel that it's genuine. I think that along with his humor are big reasons why he is still so revered and loved to this day. If you've never seen a film with him in it, give Uncle Buck a try. I don't think you'll be disappointed. If you'd like to watch Uncle Buck for yourself, you can find it on a variety of streaming services. At the time of this recording, you can find Uncle Buck on services like YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, and Vudu for $3.99 to rent. You can also find it on Hulu and Prime Video, but each require separate subscriptions within the app to watch, at least at this time. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, please visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There, you'll find info on the show, including a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, you can find each episode on our blog page in written form. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema. (laughs) ¶¶